This podcast is free and it's accessible to everyone thanks to support from listeners like you. If you value this show, please consider supporting its production by donating to our home, KUOW. It only takes a minute to give and you'll be helping to support the production of this podcast. Make a donation at KUOW.org or follow the link in the show notes. And thanks. Hey there. You might already know that Seattle Now is made by KUOW, Seattle's NPR station. But did you know that Seattle Now is only made possible because of support from listeners like you? It's true. If you're able, please consider supporting the production of this show by making a tax-deductible gift by December 31st, like our friends Madeline in Tacoma, Albert in Renton, Lynn in Bellevue, and Minoxi in Redmond. Thanks so much to you for taking the time to listen and support our work. There's a link to learn more and donate in the show notes. Thanks. Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Friday. This is Seattle Now. The Seattle Now team makes a lot of shows, and some really leave a mark on us. This week, we're going to highlight some of our favorite conversations of the year. We loved this show because hiking is essential to life for a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest. And Siren Nagakiri's book, The Disabled Hiker's Guide to Western Washington and Oregon, helps make one of our favorite activities more accessible. We also love it because KUOW's Katie Campbell got to step in and host. And who doesn't love a good guest host? Hiking is a key part of Seattle and Pacific Northwest culture. So we're walking on an ADA accessible trail. Uh, it's got a slightish incline, right? Ever so slight, but definitely nothing that you couldn't do with a wheelchair. Our guide even said she did this on crutches. There are benches along the way so you can rest. And then you get a pretty perfect unobstructed view of Madison Falls. It's that easy. It's lovely. (laughs) You just heard me hiking the Madison Falls Trail near Port Angeles. There are about as many hiking and travel guides out there as there are trails. But a new guide released last week asks an important and often overlooked question. Which of Washington's many hiking trails are accessible for people with disabilities? Siren Nagakiri is the founder and director of Disabled Hikers and the author of The Disabled Hikers Guide to Western Washington and Oregon. Siren, thanks so much for taking the time to talk. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So let's just, you know, get right to the bones of it. Why did you create this guide? What issue are you solving for? So I, you know, growing up, I really had a real lack of access to information and resources that really understood my needs as a disabled person in the outdoors. So I spent my entire life really having to figure this out on my own, on my own terms, about what it meant to be disabled in the outdoors and how to engage with hiking. What does that activity look like for me in my body? What can my body do in the outdoors? So, you know, really this long process of trying to figure that out. And in March of 2018, I kind of got inspired after a hike to um, to go and write up my experience about the obstacles and the barriers that I encountered on this hike. So I wrote up a little trail guide and put it up on a blog. And, 
you know, from there, it just really kind of started taking off and more people saying, yes, we need this information. Like we haven't had access to this before. What I love about the way you approach your guide and the way you rate trails is you're just thinking you're so thoughtful about a variety of challenges people might encounter. So I think it's also really important that we talk about what accessibility means here. I think a lot of people kind of immediately think of maybe wheelchair users or just physical disabilities in general. But for example, when I'm evaluating a trail for, say, my mom who's in her 50s or my niece who isn't quite three, I'm essentially thinking about accessibility too, right? Like it seems like there's a little something for everyone in this. Absolutely. Yeah. We all need access to good information to decide whether or not we can do something, you know, especially hiking, um, you know, and all of our needs are so individualized. Well, and also just to follow up on that, I think people, when they think about disability, they think long term or lifelong disability. And there's so many different kinds of short term disabilities people may encounter in life. So I want to get into how you approach trails and the way you are rating them. What are some factors that play into how your guide rates a hike? Yeah, so I really start, you know, from the very beginning of the experience. So how am I going to find the information that is available out there about that trail, what already exists and what is lacking? And then how am I going to get there? Is it accessible by public transportation? Can I, you know, get a wheelchair accessible van down this bumpy forest road or am I traveling a two lane highway? Uh, once I get there, what does a parking lot look like? Is it paved? Is it gravel? Is there van accessible parking? How do I get from the parking lot to the trailhead? And then what amenities are going to be there when I get there? You know, is there flush toilets and water and benches and things like that? And then it's very much like a step-by-step and roll-by-roll experience of the trail. So the entire way, what is the surface like? What is the grade or the steepness of the trail like? Am I going to encounter any obstacles, any like confusing intersections where I may not know where to go and really explaining that Um, and just really thinking about the entire experience from start to finish? Yeah, there's a lot to consider here versus just like, I want to see this pretty feature today, right? (laughs) It's like, how do I get to the pretty feature? Mm -hmm. So a, a part of this too comes back to how those factors differ from hiking guides that don't actually have accessibility in mind. What sets your rating system apart? Yeah. So for one, it's written by a disabled person and that's, that's no small thing. (laughs) You know, it, it really, you know, it really makes a difference when, you know, a disabled person is writing information and providing resources for other disabled folks versus someone who is not disabled trying to do it. Um, So, you know, there's a real difference there. That's so interesting. You mentioned that perspective and how people, what people who aren't, who don't have disabilities think of when they think of an accessible trail. And What's interesting here in Seattle and in the Pacific Northwest broadly is it is part of the culture, like we said at the top. And there tends to be this like air of competition or like, ah, I hiked 20 miles today or (laughs) I just climbed the craziest rock face and look at my bruises. I'm so outdoorsy. And I wonder, do you think if that attitude, does that perspective on like, I'm going to do the biggest, baddest trail, does that also leave people out? Absolutely, it does. Yeah, this idea of 
being outdoors, the only way to do it properly is to go conquer the wilderness and have these like peak experiences that A, are not accessible to the vast majority of people, whether you're disabled or not, you know, like very few people are able to go have that kind of experience. And, you know, that whole idea of going out there to conquer the wilderness is really a very colonial idea. It's based in this idea that we can do what we want on the land and conquer it. And those kind of experiences are the only ones that are meaningful. Whereas for me, like, you know, a very meaningful experience is just to go out and hang out with the trees and the plants and just enjoy some nice time outdoors. And that helps me feel much more connected with the land and much more of a sense of belonging. And for me, that is what is meaningful. Yeah, it's a different approach to the experience. So earlier in the episode, we heard me taking a nice walk down the Madison Falls Trail, which is one that you've highlighted as especially accessible. So I wonder, what what are some other good accessible hiking spots, especially around Seattle, for our listeners to check out? At Seward Park, they have a really nice paved loop that encircles the park um, that uh, offers really lovely views. Um, Gold Creek Pond, which is outside of Seattle, but that's a really nice uh, wheelchair accessible place to go have, uh, you know, a real kind of one of those like embedded in nature experiences. And, you know, it leads along to an accessible picnic area along the pond. It's really lovely. Well, I recently went to Seward Park in, um, with my mom, actually, because we've been talking about this book. And I was really impressed. There's just paved pathways everywhere. But there's also some areas where you can get down towards the water. It's, it feels like there's something for everyone there. I do also want to talk about, since we're all, we're we're talking about folks who maybe aren't thinking about this. And that's part of part of the issue, right, about parks is if you're not thinking about accessibility because it's in your life, it, it could go by the wayside. So, so much of the work you've done is about helping the people who are very aware of it in their own lives access outdoor spaces. But I imagine a lot of that work also helps people who don't identify as having a disability recognize this gap. Why is that important? Yeah, I think it's really important for folks who don't have direct lived experience of disability to to understand access and what it means. And, you know, that is uh, really a way for folks to really have an impact and make these environments more accessible to everyone. So, for example, I've worked with Olympic National Park to improve access in the park there. So uh, there at Madison Falls, there's also um, the road that leads kind of along the river that has been washed out due to changes in the in the river after the dam removals. So there's a gate that blocks that road from vehicles being able to travel on it. But it also blocked people using wheelchairs and other mobility equipment from being able to travel along that road that would otherwise be very accessible. So, you know, I connected with the park and they made some simple changes. And now that roadway is open to everyone to be able to travel on and have a really nice accessible experience along the river. And then, you know, things like improving access to information on the park websites. Uh, So Olympic National Park did trail descriptions for all of the front country trails there that previously didn't exist so that people would have access to better information. I saw that road you're talking about at the Madison Falls Trail. That's so cool to know you were a part of that because it is. It's a great little path that takes you into some uh, old growth forest and along the Elwha and you can see all kinds of great wildlife there. So that's amazing. And it sounds like you're really getting at 
in a community-based way, making systemic changes? It's so important to approach it that way because, you know, we can really, you know, we can make all of these like physical accessibility changes, but if we're not addressing the culture that underlies it, then we're not really changing anything. You know, it's not a, a build it and they will come situation. You know, if you create all these changes, but disabled folks still feel excluded from the culture and from the uh, from these experiences, then it's not going to matter because no one is going to feel comfortable and safe enough to go there. So it's really important to it to address it to, to um, it's kind of a Venn diagram, like you do both of these things, and then they overlap to really create change. Totally. Well, Siren Nagakiri, thank you so much for your time. Siren is the founder and director of Disabled Hikers and the author of the Disabled Hikers Guide to Western Washington and Oregon. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Katie Campbell was today's guest host. Vaughn Jones produced today's episode. The show is also produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Claire McGrain, Jenny Cecil Moore, and Brandy Fullwood. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you Monday. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.